Hello, guys, and uh, welcome back to the Made By podcast. Um, we took a bit of a break, um, lots of stuff going on in my life at the moment, but we're back, and that's the main thing. Um, just a reminder that you can get in touch with us, either about um, starring in a future episode or about something you've heard in a previous one. Uh, the email to get in touch with is made underscore by at outlook.com. That is made underscore by at outlook.com. And we're always looking for more guests, so do feel free to get in touch if you think you've got something you can contribute. Um, we are trying something different this podcast, so uh, we're in a completely different setting. Person's actually in person with me this time around, which is quite nice, because the last couple did over video calls, which is never great. Um, but um, we're also going to try and use a different sort of discussion style, so hopefully it goes well. It'd be great to hear your feedback afterwards. But um, without further ado, I guess, since you stood right, well, sat right next to me, um, so might as well say a bit about yourself. Right, so I'm Aidan, Aidan Harris. Uh, I currently a uni student studying acting. Um, I have an interest in comedy and action. So currently, because of budget reasons, I've been looking a lot into comedy. (laughs) And... um, I'm sure you'll you'll meant you'll find a way to bring this in smoothly later, but I feel like the reason I've been brought here today is because of my dissertation. Um, to put it bluntly, yeah, to put it, we've bluntly. all that's part of the reason why I've been away for so long. So we've all had a massive research project to uh, complete. So uh, that's why I've been away really. But hopefully, we can have some good discussions around your research. Yes, my research report, not a dissertation. Uh, before we get into it, should we uh, start with a nice, easy question, just to warm ourselves into it? Um, for a bit of context, we are around Christmas now of what, seven, 17 days? 17? Jesus, what's the date today? <laughs> it's the 8th. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it isn't. It's the, it's the, it is the 8th. It is the 8th. It is the 8th. So... Yeah, seventeen my days Lego, away. My Lego Guardians of Galaxy admin. <laughs> uh, so anyway, back onto topic. <laughs> I was just wondering what your favourite thing about winter and Christmas is. Oh, I like the cold, you know, but it's Christmas shopping. I actually uh, just before coming here, I got got a gift from my mum, didn't I? I got um, I had to run into a, a local shop and pick yeah. up a, a handbag. I'm not We're sure not if... disclosing what the gift is on here, my no, aunt, because no. otherwise we've got some problems ahead. Yeah, but she'll, <laughs> she'll hear it. I'm sure. I'm um, hoping I might want to listen. Big fan You're a star of now. Big fan of podcasts. She is. <laughs> anyway, should we get right into it? Yes, let's go. So, um, one of the reasons, as I said, we've taken such a long break was um, we've been spending some time focusing on our dissertations. I know in particular you chose quite a unique subject, didn't you? Well, I wouldn't say unique as it happens quite often. I'd say it's more... Um, Contemporary. It's something quite new, something that hasn't really been written about much, um, which which was fun trying to find academic sources for it. Um, but I chose to focus on cancel culture, mm. which, of course, as someone who, who enjoys comedy and, um, you know, is kind of in that demographic of, of I am a, a white male, um, it's kind of difficult to, like, punch down is one thing we sp- I spoke about in my dissertation. Because uh, can- uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know, cancel culture is, um, well, it's defined in a lot of ways. One of my favourites was that um, it's a way of um, attacking people that you don't like for having different opinions <laughs> to you. Or um, 
trying to ruin someone's reputation because of things that they regret. But the, the it, tr- it truly boils down to uh, an act of... Um, an act of um, trying to bring someone's past to current attention. So I don't. I think there's good sides and there's bad sides. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll mention a specific case. Um, Kanye, uh, uh, Ye West, uh, mm. Ye West, um, recently um, got unbanned and then rebanned from Twitter <laughs> for for spreading hate, as what it was said as. So well, it sounds um, like the guy's getting banned more times than Trump. Yeah, Trump's <laughs> Trump's actually back on the platform as well. <laughs> I've heard. But yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, conversation for another day. Uh, Ye was banned um, years back, I think in 2015, for similar things, saying mm. a few controversial topics, and in fact, crashing Taylor Swift's uh, award. I'm sure everyone remembers that she won she won an award, and Kanye decided to go up on stage and. Um, say that Beyonce had the best song but um, he's been cancelled again um, because of anti-semitism and some very offensive things he's said which basically means he's lost a lot of brand deals and a lot of money so to what extent do you reckon you can go before the idea of getting cancelled comes into play obviously a lot of the things that Ye has said in particular has been quite astonishing Mm -hmm. but to think that he is one of those sort of people that has been quite an icon through the noughties and the tens and to then suddenly get banned after saying some stuff Mm -hmm. like to what extent do you have to go before you get cancelled well essentially what he's done is commit a hate crime so, I mean, that's pretty far out there. So it's quite clear that that was a reason for him to be cancelled. Now, the my the, pur- the purpose of my research report and my, my practical side of things was to try and find out if there was a line. Like what you've just asked, at what point do you get cancelled? And it's, it's a difficult one because comedy itself is very subjective. It's based on contexts and, I mean, even in the UK, let's bring it down to a really small level every uh, almost every three counties there is a new dialect there's a new way of speaking we have new accents and with that change also comes what people find funny now um, I can't remember the specific locations but I did write this in my research report there are some locations that find um, sexual comedy about men much funnier than let's say um, South Africa and then there's places where um, it, it's funnier for slapstick to be like, especially Mr. Bean. That's a big thing in the UK. Massive now, now the take UK. that in other other countries; it's not received as well. So comedy is very subjective, based on context and culture. So um, saying things as a joke and doing things as a joke completely it, it matters. The fact that it's a joke. So for my practical element, right? I I, I did a roast. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, it's when a group of people come together and insult friends, right? Now, one of one of the people who took part um, wasn't there on the day, and I insulted them. I called them ugly, right? And a lot of people were very quiet, very quiet, hushed, scattered chuckles, I called it. Um, then the next person I insulted um, was in the room. I, I called him ugly, and there were big laughs, 
right? So even just that small point there shows that there is a difference between insulting someone and joking about someone who's there and someone who isn't there. Um, further onto that, uh, we had an audience in the room. You were there on the day. Yeah. We had an audience, and you found a lot of those jokes funny. Now, I spoke to someone who wasn't in the room and found a lot of them pushed boundaries. They said they, they couldn't find any of that funny. Now, you found it funny you were in the room. You saw the people there laughing. Would you say I pushed a boundary? I would say if I was an outsider that had walked into the room, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that was said that actually... I, I, I'd call them inside jokes, that sort of thing that in an internal context is funny, mm-hmm. but you take that outside and it could be taken a completely different way. Exactly, right? So there's a, there's a line there. Is is Can you be cancelled for it? inside joke like um but then you get people who will make similar jokes like i mean one of the participants in my roast i didn't call him it someone was called um uh what were they called they were called a um you have uh, to bleep that now <laughs> oh you have to bleep that <laughs> i'm pretty gonna uh, have to they were they were called a i'm probably gonna bleep that as well you know that right <laughs> oh, what's a term i can say that's a uh, family friendly I think it's been bleeped enough now that you're going to know what we're talking about. Okay. So, Well, uh, if, if you if you can't guess what I'm talking about there, we'll just say that James Gunn, uh, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, um, made similar jokes when he dressed as a priest and one of his friends dressed as a child. Um, and subsequently, this was this was many years ago. This was almost almost 20 years ago now. He was fired from his job at Marvel. He was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right? And a lot of people found that they were astounded by that. Why was he cancelled for this? This was something that was so long ago. But now he's come back, of course, after himself apologising and mass um, a mass appeal of bringing him back. Mm. Now, you, you look like you want to say something. No, no, I'm, I'm interested. No, you're interested. Oh, you're letting me ramble about this. Yes. But yeah, so... um. Again, the line is the line is blurred because, of course, James Gunn did something that many people can't do. He came back from being cancelled. He was cancelled, and then he worked on himself. He spoke. He spoke to Marvel. He spoke to the higher ups at Disney, and they rehired him. But that doesn't mean they hasn't made those jokes. So the same people, do they still hate him? I mean, of course. Let's talk about the big one recently, Johnny Depp. Johnny right. Depp's a massive one. Yes. And let's just say, I'm not going to take sides when talking about this. Oh, no, of course not. Um, I'll be careful to say, yeah. really. Because I don't think there is a side no. at this point. Um, the thing with, with the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp thing is, one accused the other. Yep. They lost their reputation. Mm. And that was evidenced with the Q rating and the Q scores that were that were shown in court. Um his his popularity decreased heavily. He was fired from jobs. He, the franchise he helped build with Disney again, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. uh, it was besmirched. It was ruined. Um, and then, then he countersued, which was an unprecedented move. He was cancelled by the internet after being sued by his ex, and who won? Then he countersued, and then he managed to bring this public opinion back onto him he started getting loved and there was there was so much outcry for amber heard mm. being a horrible person and then 
um, after he won that case, more evidence came out that showed many other things. Mm. There's a few things that get taken out of context there and, and paint him as a worse person than what was actually trying to happen. But then there are things, damning things, that are very evident. Very, very clear signs of abuse. Same goes for Brad Pitt recently, but he hasn't been cancelled. So where's the line? Johnny Depp was abusive. It was brought to public. Brad Pitt was abusive on a private jet. That was brought to the public. He hasn't been cancelled. So that I don't believe that there is a line. And, so, yeah. moving forward then, so, obviously the Johnny Depp case was massive. It still is massive. There's even the new stay prospects that Amber Heard might reopen and bring it back to court. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of bring it back onto that sort of case of Disney, mm-hmm. who originally sacked him from the pirate movies, then bought him back for an obscene amount of cash, which is a completely different topic. In, um, was it Crimes of, was that Crimes of Grindelwald, or was that something else? I think it's the next Pirates of the Caribbean. He's I coming think, back. Okay. I think they bought him back. I can't remember the figure. I think it might have been 10 mil. Don't mm. fact check me on that. Mm. But that idea of the fact that they know he's a popular figure, like, could you say that maybe... He was cancelled and then he wasn't, or has he just stayed strong? Well, there's a... Um... Johnny Depp was definitely cancelled. Hmm. In, in the sense that his popularity decreased Twitter. Twitter, I haven't even mentioned Twitter, really. Twitter's oh, Twitter a... is a minefield. Twitter is where cancel culture originated. Yeah. It originated on black Twitter. Uh, that was the, f- the first time that the words cancel culture were used together. Um, and I believe that was 2017... 2016 somewhere around there somewhere in the in the um mid 20 teens um it first originated there and i mean even before that it went back to the term political correctness wokeness uh political correctness i believe was um was actually said during by a soviet in a soviet book during the uh during one of the wars so this whole idea of um changing with the current social political climate has always been a thing so um johnny depp was cancelled 100 percent. there is no doubt in that and he probably still is but he's also getting a lot of comeback he's coming back and he's growing in popularity while also losing other fans so i feel like he's had a change of fan base ricky gervais Mm. clear case very similar every time he says something that someone doesn't like he says, well, the joke wasn't made for you. Mm. It wasn't. And that's the thing. He's someone who has an established career, like Johnny Depp, who has done something and got cancelled, and the people who disagreed with that have still stuck with them. So, say, for instance, me or you, we are new upcoming actors. Mm. We do something. We mess up. We say something inappropriate. Or we do something that we thought was funny at the time, and it's not anymore. Or someone digs up an old tweet in, like, 2007 where I posted a picture of a creeper and people disagree with the idea of, like, what what Notch, the maker of that game, has said. Um, and I'm cancelled for it. Now, because I'm new, I don't have an established fan base. I lose prospects. People don't want to work with me. People won't want to take that chance of working with me. So I believe the line for being cancelled isn't in what we say, it's in where we are. Because, not physically, 
but in our career. Because if you have an already established fan base, you can do something that's controversial and you'll still have fans that like it. Mm. I mean, you can joke about the stuff that James Gunn joked about without being what he joked about. And people will find it funny. But if if you were like that, like R. Kelly, he was cancelled for that. So the line isn't isn't in what you do. I mean, R. Kelly was a convicted um, criminal. Yeah. So um, he he was arrested for that. T. J. Miller was arrested. He he's blacklisted. I believe if you are a celebrity and you're arrested, you're cancelled. Right. If you're a celebrity and the backlash is on Twitter, you're not cancelled. You just have some mm. less fans. It's quite a deep conversation. It's very deep. It's one of those section. that is sort of, you've got to try and get your head around it. Yeah. There's so many different layers to it because you'd, you'd think instantly, ah, oh, if someone made that joke, that makes them a terrible person. They mm-hmm. should get cancelled for that. I mean, you look at other instances where it wasn't even necessarily a joke, it was an action. Yeah. You look at Will Smith from the um, Oscars last year cancelled for slapping you look at See, Chris, some, of the, some of the stuff about James Corden as well like yeah. that a lot of that is down to the it's not even concrete evidence it's down to the claims that he's rude when talking to people outside I mean Chris Rock he made a joke about alopecia Chris Rock doesn't suffer with alopecia I know um one of your previous guests does, and they've spoken about that, and they've, uh, they're have they even part of a community. I asked him about it. Um, he said he found it funny, but it also pushed it pushed the line. Now, Chris Rock wasn't cancelled for that joke. No. Because the event that followed it was, was way more spoken about. It was way more talked about. He was so lucky, because I feel like if that joke had no reaction... Or, or if been... it was just Will Smith shouting, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. If it was just that, Chris Rock would have had backlash. But yeah. the fact that Will Smith stood up on stage, slapped him, there is an issue. Because that's physical violence. That's assault, right? And what I mentioned, if you're arrested as a celebrity, that was a crime. He could have been arrested for that. He didn't. In Rock fact, he... didn't press charges, did he? No, exactly. Because... He he knew that that would get Will Smith cancelled, but Will Smith then, you know, he he left the academy, so uh, a lot of people think he was pressured into leaving, but he left. So so trying to round this section off, mm-hmm. looking forward into howing this, sorry, start again. Looking forward into how you can use this research into what you do next. What might you explore as? an actor who is also looking at comedy as a genre that's not often that's not normally someone's go-to like you normally look at an actor going into a drama or stage or film to say outright wow i am really interested by the comedy genre i'm really interested even potentially acting in a sitcom or writing a sitcom is there anything that you can take from that well, that might help you in your further work. I mean, in all my research, the, the, the book that helped me the most uh, was a book called The Psychology of Comedy. And it talks about, as it says on the tin, the psychology of comedy <laughs> and how um, that everyone reacts to different things. There's actually a, a big section in there about if men are funnier than women. Like, it, it's so in-depth. So going forward, I feel like it needs to... 
it's difficult, right? It's really difficult in this current climate to find comedy that people like and don't like and try and stay in the middle because otherwise you play it safe. Um, do you mind if I quote one more person? Go for it. Um, Dick and Dom were on a podcast recently. Oh, Dick and Dom. Um, and uh, I believe it was, uh, it was Dom said um, there was a lot of stuff in hit in Dick and Dom in the Bungalows era yeah. that was... The golden era. Yeah, that was really fun for some people, but some people didn't like it. And it, it, they ended up getting spoken about in the House of Commons. But the reason that show ended was because it got so many complaints. Uh, people said it, it was It bad. was controversial. It was controversial. But the people who loved it were the people that it was aimed at. Kids loved it. Yeah. You know who hated it? Adults. Adults. Adults, most, most likely... And in most of the complaints, adults without kids. So it wasn't targeted to them and it wasn't their demographic. And and Dom says, if if you have the choice between doing something that is loved by many and hated by a few or something that is one note, you should go for the one that is loved by many and slightly hated. Yeah. And I feel like that's something I want to do. I, I, made a sh- I made a short film with you. I'm not <laughs> sure if you'll plug that in this. Um, yeah, definitely called, called What Women Still Want. It is available <laughs> on YouTube. It's got like three views. <laughs> it's um, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's about um, a character being very sexist and he doesn't realise he's being sexist. And um, I, I threw you into a room with a bunch of, of uh, people who identify as women and they had no idea what you were going to say and you said some of the most sexist things you've said in your life. And, yeah. and, um, and they were written that way. And that was the film. But I'll tell you what, and I still reflect on that session mm-hmm. quite clearly, was the fact that although a lot of people found what was said was controversial, mm-hmm. they saw the humorous side of it. Okay, they didn't agree with the way it was done, and they did give you a lot of feedback for it, mm-hmm. but no one outright said, that is appalling, stop doing no. that I don't want to see that right. sort of thing in this classroom again I had a lot of people say that was really funny I had a lot of people say that and I also had some people say I can tell I can tell that you did your research and I did I researched what women didn't want to hear and what women didn't want but then you had the couple the one or two that said why are you making that and I'll tell you why and I feel like this is a good way to round this, this bit off I made a film about a sexist man because I am a man making comedy who is scared of people thinking that I'm sexist, racist, or in any way discriminatory because of a joke. Your character was written as a joke. He took himself seriously, and the people in that found him uncomfortable. But the people watching it found it funny. The things I do and say in comedy, don't reflect my beliefs, and I believe that goes for a lot of people, but I'll never do anything illegal, I'll never do anything that can, can, can constitute a hate crime, because there is a line, right? You can't be like TJ Miller and say calling bomb threats is funny, because it's a waste of police time, it's, it's endangerment to a lot, a lot of people, and you know, but Chris Rock making a joke about alopecia, right? Jade is there, it's funny. She's okay with it. She's laughing with him. It's context. The fact that it's a joke and the fact that it may have an underlying thing doesn't mean that that person there, like James Gunn, 
hasn't committed that crime that he joked about. Um, Kanye, however, has committed a hate crime with what he said on Twitter, and he deserves to be cancelled. Comedy is different, and I and Ricky Gervais has said that if you cancel people for comedy for a joke, you could be impeaching on their freedom of speech. <laughs> So, um, Aidan and I actually do have something else in common. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm not just an actor. I am a neurodiverse actor. I, um, I label, well, I'm labelled as autistic. I diagnosed, I'm diagnosed as autistic. I live as an autistic person. And I think that is something we do have in common because yes. you share a lot of the same. And it's one of those conversations that is very difficult to have mm-hmm. But once you've had it, you kind of embody it almost. Yeah, Is that... yeah, yeah. I mean, like um, in our first year of uni, I know experience. Our uh, lecturer called me out for not telling you I was autistic. Did she? Yeah, she was like, she was like, why didn't you tell him? He's trying to do his. He's making it a whole thing, and you're not telling him. I was like, oh, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. But Don't like. Know. At the start, I wasn't too keen on like identifying with it, but once I did, I mean, it became it became a thing, but not in the way that you've used it, because right. I, I don't know who I don't know whose episode this is. I don't want to talk too much about what you've done with yours, but your whole craft is about is about your autism. So yeah, a lot of mine I've found, especially in the last three years, it's funny because I think part of the reason that matters so much to me is in my interview with this university. Mm-hmm. Experience said, and one of the questions she, the very last question she said was, "When you find finally get a job as an actor, are you going to have your autism at the centre of that role? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the one that actually is happy to identify as neurodiverse mm-hmm. on your CV, on Spotlight, on this, that, the other? Is it a part of you, mm-hmm. or is it something that you want to try and keep separate and private?" Because I'd like to keep mine out there, you know. I mean, I auditioned with a monologue from Curious Instant of the Dog in the Nighttime. Mm. And, uh, it never s- never specified that he's autistic, but it is heavily implied. That heavily he's autistic, implied. And everyone takes it as, the, as he's autistic. Um, so I did my audition with that and, a, and a, a Million Ways to Die in the West monologue. So two very different things. But I feel like the fact that we both identify as neurodiverse and autistic, it, it's good to have this discussion. Because I, I I know, and I don't want to say any names in case I get them wrong, I know many famous actors are autistic. I know that um, Watch Mojo has a top 10, uh, a top 10 actors with Asperger's syndrome, which I mean, uh, just there. That's like putting 10 out there that I didn't know about when I was young. And I watched yeah. that and I thought, okay, that's pretty good. I, I don't know if you need to censor the fact that I just plugged a, a YouTube channel. <laughs> Are we going to keep having this conversation now? I've joked about having to censor stuff. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can censor everything I say. You'll just be talking to a bleep the entire hour. <laughs> Too fair. I think they'll get a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wartime radio. I'll tell you what, though. Can I bring it back on subject, though? It is a really interesting point to note that there are autistic... Well, sorry. Asperger's actors, technically two different things... Medically, not so different. Same spectrum, right? Same spectrum. But you see that list of people that maybe you didn't even realise had Asperger's, mm-hmm. had autism, and you go, right, okay, 
that is inspiring. I thought at the time, and I'll say this now, I thought if they can do it, why can't I? Why can't I? Money. But the main reason... <laughs> Money. The main reason I was, I was stopping myself. I, like, I, I think I watched this video when I was in year nine, maybe? Around that time, I think. Um, and the reason I said I wish I knew it when I was younger was because I only started doing acting in year 10. Um, I, st- I tried to do it younger, but my... Um, Drama teacher was terrible in year seven and eight. <laughs> We've all had them. Uh, actually, year seven he was terrible. Year eight we got a new guy, and we um actually we we started doing more stuff. I I, I think I joined a club in year nine, uh, and they started doing a pantomime, and I went, oh God, I don't I don't I don't really feel comfortable doing a pantomime. So I just silently dropped out. Like they gave me a role and everything, and I just sort of just didn't want to be there. I didn't get the role I wanted, so I I just didn't show up anymore, and they had to give it to someone else. But, like, um, it was year 10, I joined this club called Maniacals, right? Um, and I had a, a friend with me uh, who was in the year below me. She was autistic as well. And me and her, we worked together uh, all throughout, like, the end of high school. And this whole company, we made a bunch of stuff. Same with, uh, I, did, I joined another drama company. And I just wish it was, I kind of wish that was more, wish that was earlier. I wish there was more of a focus on that. Yeah. I mean, it's... I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'll bring it back. I'll look at these notes you've got. Um, <laughs> would be great to go briefly into some of the stuff you spoke about in primary or secondary school. What do you mean by that? <laughs> are you are you taking the mick out of my planning notes No, now? no, they're good notes. I mean, we fell off track, so I'm trying to get us back on. No. <laughs> I think... I I'll tell you what, it's one of those conversations that... it It's one of those that I have so much to say about, but sometimes about trying to take that jumble in your head and sort of getting I mean, it out I mean, into wasn't words. This, wasn't, I, mentioned, I mentioned, like, primary school and high school. Wasn't your dissertation on this? Wasn't your research? We spoke about mine. What yes. was your research report? So my, my research report looked into um, how um, drama can be used in education and educational establishment to help with social skill development. Um specifically with people in aut- with autism because one of the things I kind of found as I was growing up was if it weren't for the drama and it weren't for the ch- opportunities I had to act and to develop characters and stuff like that, I don't necessarily think my social skills would be as well-rounded as they are now. I don't think in a million years, I would have thought 10 years ago, I would sit in a studio setting like this and sit and talk to a person and record a podcast. I, that then t- that ten years ago would not have seemed I have to agree. Yeah. like something I would have done. Like I said, year nine, I didn't even, I, I didn't want to do a pantomime. I tell you the thing that made me do it. End of year nine, right? We had, and I, I there was no discussion about me doing drama or anything, and I was just sort of doing drama classes because we had every term we would or every half term back then we would swap between dance and drama. I hated dance with a passion. I've got two left feet and they're both elephant feet. But like drama I was I was sailing through. I even got I even joined a little group of people because my teacher thought I was good and they were bad. He wanted me to get, keep them in check, right? So we had to do this performance. We did a drama showcase at the end of year 9. And uh, every, all these groups from GCSE had to go on stage and do it. 
I was like, I don't want to do this. These are like groups of four people. Me, I was in a group with a girl called Francesca. It was just two of us. I, I, it was a, a scene from um, a doll's house. I'll never forget it. Doll's house. I played Torvald. She played Helga or something. She was my wife. I've never heard the play. No, don't exactly. ask me. Uh, <laughs> and we, we were like a Norwegian couple. And um, I, I got, in the scene, I got so angry, I, I actually like popped my knuckle. Like It was bad because like, I had to punch the table. She was leaving me. I was her husband. She was leaving me. Um, and after that, I had the biggest panic attack of my life. And I'm prone to panic attacks. That one was the only one where I had to leave the room, sit down outside. Uh, a, a girl in the year above me saw me. I was friends with her. She consoled me for a bit. And since then, I've, I've, I've loved doing it. I've loved acting. And that was my issue, was I never got pushed to do it. Someone in year six said, oh, Aiden, you should join a drama club. No. Why would I? I don't want to do it. There wasn't a push for it. And my social skills were terrible. Year seven, oh, I had a fringe down to my nose. I hid behind it. Yeah, I can... I, it was like a bowl cut. I looked like a monk that had an overhang. Like, it was it was bad. And um, I just sort of didn't speak to anyone. I didn't have any friends, and like even until year eight. Um... And the first way I got friends was I lied to a guy called Josh. I told him I knew Sky does Minecraft. <laughs> that Brilliant. that was how I got friends because I had no social skills. You had, yeah, and that is something that I relate to. I remember I I wasn't that much. I wasn't that deaf to make friends. I was the sort of kid that would just sit in high in the library mm-hmm. for break and lunch. You know, make besties with the teacher. Mm-hmm. I was always good friends with teachers. But my issue was, I knew I was autistic and I knew I didn't want to look weird. So I've been acting my entire life. I've been trying to do things that I didn't, that weren't me, so that I didn't look autistic. I remember like year two of this uni, someone came up to me, someone we know, and went, I didn't realise you were autistic. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know from looking at you. And I'm like, well, I have been. <laughs> I've been it hasn't changed I, I have, in the last year. Yeah, no, let me just check my watch. <laughs> no, nope, still the same. Like <laughs> I, I'm still <laughs> autistic. I have been the entire time. But like because I've been acting it mm. away, the only thing that really shows it is the fact that like, even now I'm not looking you in the eye. Yeah, no. that's my weakness. I still can't do. I still can't force myself to do that. But um, everything else, like it's it's a persona. Aiden is a persona. That's why I've created my um, acting name, because he is a persona as well. You've got me in here as my researcher self. Do you want to bring Aidan James in next? <laughs> I mean, that would be a really good point to move on to, I guess. Mm. Kind of using that as a very smooth transition. Cheers to that, buddy. <laughs> I'm, 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 thank you. Don't, don't, make, it, don't make it rocky. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> what does drama mean to you? That is quite a big question, mm-hmm. but I feel like after some of the discussions we've had, that is such, because no, to me, drama is, isn't is just a discipline. It isn't just a subject. It isn't just that subject at school that every kid does to try and avoid the academic stuff. Drama mm. is almost kind of part of what makes up my blood, my yeah. sort of my soul, like my mind. Have you asked your other guests this question? Have I? I don't know. You should. This should be a recurring theme at the end because this is what this is about, right? You should ask, what is drama to you? What does drama mean to you? What does it mean to you? Well, to me, at the start, right, it was a mask. That's why I joined a club called Facade. 
Why do you think? So I could hide behind a mask, bro. Right? This whole thing, it was like, oh, I'm that weird autistic kid that's hidden in the back of the class because I stabbed him with a pen. Yeah, right? But now, like, in, in that time, it was a mask. I could pretend for a split second to be someone else, someone who didn't have the troubles at home. Um, I used to watch films, right, to escape. It was always an escape, a mask, something to hide behind, something to pretend. Like, I mean, kids stuff, like getting a lightsaber at home. You could pretend you're a Jedi so you don't have to listen to mum and dad fighting in the kitchen. That was what it was for me. I'd watch films and escape. Drama was the same. I could put on a mask and escape. It grew from that, I think. Um, once I realised it was kind of... I'd been pretending to be someone else for a lot of my life because I'd been trying not to be the weird kid at the back. I'd been trying not to do that because I didn't want to be bullied. I didn't want people to look at me weirdly. And I think it still is in a sense. I mean, that's my biggest thing in classes. I always go last. I don't volunteer unless it's when there's a visitor in because I don't want people in my class to go like, oh, look at him. Is that so, pressure making sure you do well? Yeah. Is that pressure making sure that whenever you stand up in a space, it's sort of... It, it has to mean something. It has mm. to feel like you're going to do it and you're going to be able to do it with the purpose intended. Otherwise, you're just going to draw attention to yourself. Yeah, right. So I think in the at the end of the day, in a, I don't really have a definition for what drama is because mm. it's so many things. It's like a multi It's like a Swiss army knife, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, th in that case, I could say it's a tool. It's a drama tool. could be yeah. a tool. You put a, an acting uh, BA on your CV, people assume you're good with people. Right, I'm currently working at a pub. Like the guy that works in the pub is different to the guy that's sitting opposite you now. Yeah, it's a persona, it's a character. Um, all, all these things, drama is just—it's me, but it's also the other version of me. It's also Aiden James. It's Aiden Harris, the researcher. It's Aiden Harris with E N, um, <laughs> the guy that could never get his name right, spelt right on the view clock. You know, <laughs> all these things. It's like. Drama is a multi-purpose tool. Yeah. It could be a career. It could be a, a way to escape life. It could be a way to make something or uh, in a creative outlet. Drama is a Swiss army knife. And I feel like it's a Swiss army knife without a blade. Because it's, it's not painful unless you make it. Right? I was always scared to do it because I'm so self-conscious about it. Right, you put it in schools, you bring it up earlier, you make it an actual part of education, then you won't be scared of it. It will develop your social skills. You won't be trying to hide from people. You won't be so self-conscious of it, especially if you're autistic. God, imagine not being able to talk to people in year eight. I couldn't. Year nine, drama club, I can talk to people now. Bro, I could talk for England. You've barely spoken this entire interview. <laughs> I just, I'll tell you why I haven't spoken this entire issue. I'll tell you why I haven't spent this entire interview, try again, is the fact that your words, you know, I can relate to them. It's just something that I'm listening mm. to. I'm not, I, I, I can so relate and I'm so interested in everything you have to say because it's like, it's not just words. It's sort of, it's, it's personal. It's sort of mm. like, it's part of everyday life. Yeah, it is. And if you're interested and your listeners are listening, uh, are interested, I will hopefully be back if you guys get in contact with um, made underscore by at outlook.com uh, and are ask for me back. Are you plugging my own <laughs> I'm plugging your own podcast. Are you puggling? I can't Puggling. Speak now. Puggling. Like the dog. Um, 
Yeah, but no, it is real life. And that's what drama is. Drama is kind of, I mean, there's everyday drama. Isn't that? Like, yeah, that's everyday ch- drama. I feel like that's a channel slogan, isn't it? Is it like Channel 4 Everyday Drama or something? Or Channel 5 no. or something? Um, but, it sounds like some sort of dra- a slogan, but... But yeah, I mean, <laughs> life is drama. So why not make drama your life? That is such a good way to <laughs> such a round off this. Profound statement. It's a profound statement. I'm going to get that tattoo and just above a, my bum. I guess it's a good way to kind of round off this yeah. whole interview, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, thank you so much for today. A pleasure. Eve doesn't speak much. <laughs> no, no, I spoke too much. But hey, we, we, can, we can do an hour-long special next week. <laughs> no. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I'm always. I definitely want you back. I definitely want you back because you've got so like we could sit here for hours and just talk about one subject. Here's the thing, right? I could be your researcher. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this out there. If you want something researched, you want a specific topic to speak about, but you don't have a guest, I'll go out and research it, find people, and I'll come back and you can ask me about it, and we'll do a whole whole episode. As long as it's not a pay position, I'm a student, mate. No, you don't pay me. (laughs) I do this for fun. Maybe I'll make my own podcast where I go do the research. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great speaking to you. And um, I guess all I can say now is thank you for listening. Um, As I said, it's a very different sort of podcast to some of the ones I've done beforehand. I really want to know if it works. If it doesn't, why does it not? You know, just keep talking, keep feeding back on what I can do to improve this and make this better. Because... I'm still new to this whole thing. It's only going to get better if I know what people want. So that is the most important thing in all of this. And again, thank you for the plug, Aiden. Yes. If you uh, have any more suggestions or you would like to join an episode yourself, the email you need is made underscore by outlook.com. That is made underscore by at Outlook.com. Made underscore by at Outlook.com. Oh, made underscore by. Is that not what I said? <laughs> you took a moment, didn't you? Um, but other than that, there are more episodes coming, so please stay tuned. And I will... Christmas special next week? Maybe. 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 If not, I'll come in and I'll sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> How many more times do you want to come back onto this thing? All the time. I'm back every week. I'm Reese's new co-host. <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> But, um, so, okay, so more episodes coming. Stay tuned and we will see you. We. I will see you in the next one. I'll see you in the next one.